Today's title, The Soul Felt Its Worth, comes from a line in the song, Oh Holy Night, that the choir does here every Christmas Eve. And I know that I've shared before that during choir rehearsals, as we prepare for that service, there's a point at which the song has been going on in unison for a while, and when the choir breaks into parts, at one rehearsal or another, that start, it, it hits, it trips some magic switch, and the holiday season begins to loom, or the idea of, of the season of peace and love and, and generosity, whatever that may have been, modified into of late. Um, anyway, in that song is also the line that the soul felt its worth. It, it says, uh, long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Now, was there a point at which our individual human spirits and souls, the perceiver, the thinker, didn't really have much regard for our existence. I mean, that's, that's really kind of, uh, those kinds of ponderings get into philosophy, which is not a whole lot of what you have time to do when you've got to carry water 13 miles or, or wash your clothes with rocks at the river and, you know, uh, go out hunting for what your family's going to have for nourishment that day. So at some point along the way, humankind developed the luxury of thinking about some of those things. Now, it was only like 350, give or take a few years ago, that Rene Descartes, made that statement um, that, that's been translated into, I think, therefore I am. And some people say better translated as, I doubt, therefore I think, therefore I am. And if that was only 350 years ago, and that's the found, one of the foundational premises of Western philosophy, what were we thinking about before that? I love the idea that humankind is the universe becoming aware of itself. Alan Watts said, through our eyes, the universe is perceiving itself. Through our ears, the universe is listening to its harmonies. We are the witnesses through which the universe becomes conscious of its glory, of its magnificence. And then Eckhart Tolle said, you are not in the universe, you are the universe, an intrinsic part of it. Ultimately, you are not a person but a focal point where the universe is becoming conscious of itself. What an amazing miracle. If we were previously not genuinely cognizant of our existence, 
Could we have, at that point, had any idea of our inherent worth? That we have value independent of whatever functions we were serving. So, we can spend a great deal of time being self-critical. And we can spend a great deal of time trying to understand where criticisms we receive fit with what's true in us. But the less okay we feel about ourselves, the more driven we are to show that we have worth by external fashion. We can come back to doing those things that have value in the world and service in the world from a different place that doesn't exhaust us as much. But if we're doing it because we have to, we're, we're not okay with sitting with ourselves, or because we think we have to prove we have some value, it's gonna wear you out. And it's never gonna make you feel that way. Because there will still be the voice in there saying, something's wrong with me. What I think that I, I kind of delight in the idea that at, with, with Jesus, the, the person of Jesus, the notion of universal Christ came, entered the world for all of us to begin to experience, to begin to develop, make their, you know, anything evolutionary has to have a point of origin. It has to start somewhere. The shift has to begin someplace. And so it's, it's a convenient marker for me to, to think of that love, the capacity to universalize love, to understand that no matter how awful a person is, they still, by right of being a human being, have worth. And it's real easy to think of things like that and extrapolate until we run into somebody that we just can't stomach. And it's like, I can feel that way about everybody that's on the eastern side of the Atlantic Ocean. Or the, you know, but not anybody here then. Have you looked around lately? It's everybody or it's nobody. If we have inherent worth, so does every other person on the planet, right? So now the capacity to try to stretch our compassion or just the idea of compassion farther than our judgment so that we can embrace all of that in a field, the idea of universal love. 
Now see, it, it's not hard for me to imagine that Jesus, among other avatars, were the first to be able to embody the notion of loving everybody and trying to live in it. It takes, it takes evolution a while. But it's, but it's getting still long enough to hear something inside yourself other than the noise that tells you there's something wrong with you. That can carry us to a place of wanting to care about other people, wanting to do things to help, wanting to be of service, that isn't because we have to prove anything, that isn't because if we don't, we're not a good person, If it isn't because if I sit still, I'm going to go crazy. Like I was talking about with the kids today, um, in an almost 30-year-old movie, Pretty Woman, with Julia Roberts and Richard Gere, the character uh, Vivian says, people put you down enough, you start to believe it. And then Edward, the male lead, uh, avoids looking at that statement by telling her, I think you're very bright and very special woman. I'm trying to not have to think about what she just said because he's walking around wearing the same thing. Uh, anyway, and then she says, the bad stuff is easier to believe. Now, we talk these days about negative bias, and there is a phenomenon in human thinking that we have a tendency to most notice, most retain the bad things, the negative things. And research has demonstrated that you have to have five times as many good things as you do bad things said about you or to you before you will begin to tip that balance or at least reach a balance. It takes five times somebody telling you how unique you are, how beautiful you are, how, how lovable you are, how, you know, before you're, you're going to be able to cancel out one tick of somebody telling you the opposite. Mr. Rogers would tell kids, I like you just the way you are. And in the movies that are out about him, he's saying that every kid needs to hear that every day. There are, of course, psychologists that say, none of that really sounds to me, so. No, you can't do that. You'll never have any motivation. Kids aren't even in the room. 
Our spiritual journeys are the ways that we can get to those places where we can begin to nurture ourselves, tap into something that's beyond, that's bigger than the noise in our head, and begin to fill up. Community is where we can come to have humans Tell us we have value. Tell us we're beautiful. Tell us we love, they love us. And building beloved community means we gotta say that stuff and mean it a lot. I think the possibility of all of that is what Christmas celebrates. Can we be a little mindful about feeding the positive side of the conversation. Notice what, what someone minds. Whether there is ease in their eyes or tension. And no matter what, let the God in you be the God in them.